Hey there, and welcome to this bonus episode of It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. I'm your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, and this special bonus episode is in response to the statewide school closures affecting a number of It's About Time listeners who have a month of homeschooling on the horizon while also balancing their careers and businesses. These are uncharted waters for many of us. So today's bonus episode features an interview with Ty Salvant, founder of NOLA Homeschoolers. Ty shares her best advice and recommendations for navigating the month ahead, and you can find the main points from our conversation, as well as links to the NOLA Homeschoolers website and Facebook group, which are filled with helpful resources. All of that and more in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash homeschool. If you're new to It's About Time and like what you hear, I encourage you to share this episode with someone you know who could benefit, as well as hit the subscribe button to be the first to hear new weekly episodes as they're released. Finally, we recorded this episode on a Sunday afternoon while my husband was at work, so you'll probably hear my little girl Camilla in the background and possibly Ty's little one Sinclair. We're all having to make adjustments and do our best right now. Just know that during this stressful time, you are not alone. And one more time, today's show notes can be found at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash homeschool. And with that, let's get this bonus episode on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Hey, Ty. Thank you so much for joining us today for this special bonus episode of It's About Time. I'm so grateful to you for giving us a a few minutes of your weekend to share some resources. And I'm just going to cut to the chase. So, Ty, can you tell us about yourself and, and about your family? Absolutely. So my name is Ty Selvant. Um, I have been married for 20 years to Derek, who is extremely supportive and certainly um, a, a rock in making all of these things happen. We have six children. Yes, that's right. Six. That was not an error. Um, our children are 18, 16, 15, 12, 10, and 14 months. We have always homeschooled. So when our oldest was about three, we started exploring school options and weren't thrilled about the options that were available to us for various different reasons. Um, so we, you know, kind of kept exploring, looking at public versus private, and then homeschool became an option. I immediately, like, fell in love with the idea of homeschooling and started to really explore what that would look like. 
some of the things that gave me a lot of peace about homeschooling was finding out that everybody's schedule could look different. So initially I was, you know, quite frightened with not being extremely organized and wondering if that would somehow hurt my family. But then I ended up reading a a book that depicted several different schedules of homeschoolers. And it was amazing. So it, it really gave me the freedom to find what works for our family. And I'd have to say that's my first piece of advice for um, people who are just being sort of thrown into the deep end is that you have to take some time to figure out what works for your family. Um, a little bit more about me. So we graduate our first child this year. So we're really excited about that. Um, we graduate one next year and one the following year. So so in three years, my family size is going to be split in half and it's going to look very interesting. Um, while we have always homeschooled, we also homeschool in community. So we are used to getting together one or two days a week with other families and co-teaching each other's kids, which is also completely different than most people um, than what most people envision homeschooling to look like. So while it does not have to happen in your home by yourself, it certainly can. Um, so I will say that there are probably a lot of homeschoolers like myself who, who were typically used to homeschooling in community who are juggling to look at, to think about how it's going to be different for us and our families as well. You know, that's so interesting, Ty, because you bring up a really great point. When most people think of homeschool, they think, you know, in, in your home, just you, just your children. So I love the fact that you guys meet as a group in community and you you take turns teaching each other's children and so you know those of us who have um who are working in full-time jobs or are you know finding ourselves now with without childcare, without schools because of closures um, you're having to make just as many adjustments as we are Absolutely. And that's certainly something. Now, I will say that homeschooling looks so many different for different families. There are some very traditional homeschool families that have a follow a traditional school schedule where they might homeschool from eight to three. I know some families who, when they homeschool, their kids even wear uniforms because for them, it dictates, okay, so now we're in school mode. And when the uniforms come off after school, then we're home. So there's that right, you know, that one end of the spectrum, and that flips all the way down to the others where families homeschool. I mean, I'm sorry. So there's that end of the spectrum, and then you go all the way to the other end where families unschool. And that may look like not using a curriculum, being more child-led, and finding out what their interests are and teaching them in those settings, definitely using more real life situations. So you would end up teaching maybe reading and math through cooking because you're using recipes and measuring ingredients and having to read those recipes. So you're getting some skills in, you're getting practice in those, but not in a traditional way where you would be at a desk with a pencil and paper. So tight. That's incredibly interesting that there are so many different 
like options when it comes to homeschooling. So I know that a lot of the the moms right now are facing a, a lot of different, you know, changes in the curriculum and that, you know, from school to school, from parent to parent and child to child, they're, everyone who's listening is probably facing a different situation. Some schools are providing more structure. Some are just completely canceling instruction. And then some are, are aiming to do some type of distance learning. All of those differences in situation accounted for. What is like, what advice do you have to those of us who find themselves in this new uncharted territory? So there are, I have different advice for different situations and different ages of children. So I'll start with families who are being provided information and sort of structure from the schools. So one of the things that's different about what I do, say, compared to those of you who are temporarily homeschooling, is that you need to make sure that your child is ready to pick up once classes resume if they have provided either distance learning or a syllabus for your child to follow for the next three or four weeks that we're out of school. So... I would say in that situation, you can't say, hey, you know what? I'm going to throw my hands up in the air, not do anything, and just let the chips fall where they may. Because honestly, that's not fair to your children. I will say, however, that with homeschooling, you can get probably most of what you need to get done academically done in maybe two to four hours a day. So I would have a really um, in-depth conversation, especially with my high school students, the older the kids are, to say, hey, look, we are we are going to be home for the next three weeks, and this can look a lot of different ways. I need you to give me a solid four hours a day. You do that, and with the rest of the time, we can negotiate what that looks like. I personally would not lean towards then eight hours of video games just because that's not who I am. But some families may be perfectly fine with that. And if you are, that's okay. You could end up setting up some great tournaments. Um, you could actually end up having like brackets and making them, you know, do the, do the rankings and throw in some statistics in there. So that could actually be a great learning experience. So again, while I wouldn't do that, my natural, um, I would lean to, okay, so I need four hours of, of strong, solid academic work done. We can do three or four hours of learning something new. And that can look all sorts of ways from spending some in-depth time with a musical instrument to watching a educational video on Netflix or a TED Talk that's inspirational or motivational. It could be having a cooking contest or having your own little bake off or your own nailed it um, contest. Those would be really fun ways to engage and interact as a family um, as a way to fill that, that time of once the academics is done. Clearly you throw in some reading some physical activity and before you know it your your day is done 
Now that's again for families where there is structure provided by the school, which would make it easier easier for you in a sense to say, okay, so these three teachers have given you these assignments and so you know what you need to do. For those schools that are offering more of a hybrid, what I would look at is, you know, something similar, but then you just may want to supplement it more. So if a school says, hey, you know what, we are only going to focus on math and reading for the next three weeks, then you can supplement with some history or some science or a foreign language if that's what you choose to do. For those of you where the school isn't providing anything and is saying, hey, you know, you you know where your kids were, here's where we're going, you can take the books and follow along. For the kids who aren't using books, you still have an idea of the pace that they were working at in, in the school setting. So you can end up doing the same amount of work that your child would have been doing each week. There are great resources like Teacher Teacher Tube, which is a YouTube for teachers. They have Khan Academy. There are several online tutorials or video lessons for the parent who says, "My kid's taking chemistry. I cannot help them at all. So, so now what?" Um, or that my child is doing pre-algebra and they don't learn it the way that I know how to teach it. So I still can't help them. So there are definitely online resources to be able to assist you with doing that. For families who, especially the younger your kids are, the younger they are, honestly, the easier it is to really sort of come up with your own game plan. So there I highly recommend sitting down with your child and saying, hey, what do you want to learn over the next month? What interests you? Um, And come up with a game plan. One thing that we do for the summer is we'll make this huge grid. um, And it's like a 10 by 10 grid. So we end up with 100 squares and each person gets to fill 10 squares. Now, granted, remember, I do have six kids. So by the time that we each do that, um, most of my grid is filled. So those of you with fewer kids, you know, you can fill up more than 10, but you really, you don't need 100 of those. But one of the things I like about doing a grid with more days than what you need is that you can end up Filling in, I want to learn how to decorate a cake, or I want to start learning sign language, or I want to play Pokemon, whatever it may be. That what I would do is use those to end up incentivizing getting the academics that you want done out of the way first. So, again, if you give me two solid hours of we get your math and your reading and your science done. Then we get to go to this grid and pick two of these activities that we can end up doing. Now, clearly you need to, in order to make this work, you need to have them make smart choices. So if your child says, I want to go to Disney World, well, that can't happen because we're, we're indoors, right? So it would be, okay, so these are our limitations. 
these could be the limitations financially, the limitations with geographically, the limitations with supplies we have on hand, and make your list from there. Ty, I am absolutely blown away by this wealth of information that you're sharing with us. And I have to say that I'm very relieved to hear that four solid hours of academic work is what it really takes to stay on top of the curriculum. I think that's also going to be a huge relief for those parents who are listening that are also responsible for working from home and staying on top of their projects, um, as well as, you know, stewarding their children's education for this upcoming month. So, you know, what advice do you have for whether it's structuring the day, creating a schedule or otherwise to ensure that, you know, the professional work gets done and the schoolwork gets done? Absolutely. So let me come back and say that that four hours, that's I'm talking about high schoolers. If you have middle schoolers or younger, you're looking at I'd easily say between two and three hours. One of the things that I think is so fantastic is that that time also does not have to be consecutive. You know your child. So if three hours straight is too much for your child to handle, you can do three one-hour segments. So you can end up saying, okay, what I always suggest is you tackle your hardest subject first when you're the freshest. So if that's math for you, we'll get up at eight o'clock in the morning, have breakfast, you know, make sure our morning chores are done. At nine o'clock from nine to 10, we're going to tackle math. And that can look a variety of different ways. I love games. We play lots of games in my house. So we, when my kids were younger and learning their multiplication facts, we would do these flashcard drills where the kids would have to answer questions and they would be timed versus how quickly mom could answer the questions. When we first started out, my older three, the number of cards that they got right in a set amount of time would be added up together to see if they could beat my total score. If they beat my score, then they got to decide what we did for the next half an hour. Um, which was usually let's play a game, let's go outside, let's have a snack, let's watch TV. If mom won, you know, mom's happy place is, oh, let's get a half an hour of cleaning up in. And so it motivated them to, to work harder to, to beat my score. Although in the very beginning, I still, I beat them most of the time because I do not believe in letting kids win right? So when they win, they've earned it. Then we got to the point to where we played inv individually to where they couldn't add up their scores. So that's really a fun way to do something like math drills, which seems sort of boring or mundane that um, where people just enjoy it more. There's a game that I love called four-way countdown where it's, you can find it on Amazon, I'm sure. And it's just a really good game for MathFacts where you work on multi multiplying, dividing, adding or subtracting some numbers to eliminate your numbers off the board, basically. So there are really fun ways that you can work with your child on these subjects that would make that, that hour more you know, palatable for everybody involved. Once you get that first hour done, then you can say, hey, you can go do an art project for an hour and mom's going to go and work for an hour. 
So this way, both of your needs are getting met. There is a time schedule that works for both of you guys. And you get your hour in, then you come back, have a little snack and start with your next subject. So it might take you six hours to get that done, to get all of those done, but they have their three solid hours of academics in. You have three solid hours of work in. um, And that would be in between meals and taking a little downtime. So by the end of the day, by the time that it's time for dinner, everybody's done with their work and or school. So that's certainly, that's one option for families where it's younger children and you're not working for that long, then I would find activities that they really enjoy and allow them to do that while you're getting some work done. Or you could end up working, if you're flexible with your time, you can work in the morning before they get up. So just wake up a little bit earlier to get your things done. You can end up working during nap time in my house, probably until the young, the you know, kids were eight. They we had nap time after lunch, and you didn't have to take a nap, but you needed to basically lay down and be quiet. Or you could use that for reading time. You could use that for coloring time which usually most of the kids started off reading and ended up falling asleep. And so that one hour of quiet time ended up being a two hour break in between there, which would be a great time for you to get some work done. Ty, I, I love what you bring up about having that, t- that quiet time in the afternoon. So Children, especially those under the age of 12, naturally are at their peak energy levels in the morning. And then they have an energy trough in the afternoon, typically after lunch in that one to three range. Uh, One of the recommendations that I shared with Diapers to Desk for their upcoming webinar about remote work with children at home was to take a cue from summer camp because so many sleep away summer camps enforce a one hour on your bunk um, after lunchtime where, like you said, you don't have to take a nap, but you do have to be on your bunk and you do have to be quiet, whether that looks like reading or listening to music with your headphones, but it's no screens, it's rest and recharge time. And that can be incredibly strategic time for parents to get work done. And then one one additional recommendation that I'll make to really take advantage of that nap time hustle is, you know, as the parent who who has their to-do list at the beginning of the day, know in advance what you'll tackle during that nap time. The second that that quiet time begins, you know exactly what you're going to start working on. So you don't waste a minute fumbling around and trying to decide what you're going to do next. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. 
in my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. Absolutely. One thing that I would add with that is I incorporate household chores into our education plan. So I know that not everybody ascribes to that. Some moms feel the need or they really enjoy taking care of their families in that way. And if that is where you are, that is perfectly fine. I will say that for me, I find it very important for my kids to understand what it takes to take care of a household and not for the entire burden of of that to fall on me. So when we have breakfast, then those dishes end up typically going into the dishwasher after that. And you wipe down the table and spend five minutes straightening up behind yourself. So it's not this big mess at the end of the day. Once you have lunch, everybody can do the same thing. You can put your dishes away, spend, do a, we sometimes we'll do 15 minute quick cleans where we set the timer. Sometimes we put on music and everybody just cleans up for 15 minutes and then let them have their flat on back time is what the camp that my kids attend, what they call it. So they have their time. So, and that will help with two things. One that will eliminate those big distractions for people who find it difficult to work when things aren't just just so or tidy enough. Um, two, it also prevents you from thinking, well, let me just do the, these dishes right quick before I jump into my work because that leads into wiping up the counters and sweeping up the mess off the floor and maybe taking the trash out. And before you know it, you've swindled half of your work time doing household chores that could have waited. Amazing, amazing point there, Ty, because I know all of us at some time or another have been guilty of doing exactly what you said and say, oh, let me just do this real quick. And then one thing turns into another. And before you know it, you've squandered that focus time. So I know that one really fantastic thing about NOLA homeschoolers is that you guys take some amazing field trips. 
uh, to places all over the greater New Orleans area, which is something that we won't necessarily be able to do over the next month while schools are closed and, and while social distancing is recommended. So Ty, how can we create fun learning experiences, sim- maybe similar to a field trip or, or recess um, without leaving the house or on a rainy day. When you come up with that list of things that your child is interested in doing or your children um, are interested in doing, that's where I would start. So if you have somebody who's interested in art, even if you don't have art supplies in, go to Amazon or Walmart and order a bunch of things in to create this wonderful art experience for them. What I might do is order a couple of canvases and easels and a great set of art supplies and go watch one of the Bob Ross videos on YouTube and spend an afternoon painting a fabulous picture. No matter how it turns out, it'll be fabulous. And the the bonding time that you create being vulnerable and learning with your child is amazing. That if your child is into science or technology, engineering, some of those more, you know, STEM sort of projects, you can, there are tons of different science experiments that you can do with ordinary kitchen supplies that are at home. Clearly, you want to make sure that you're using like the excess supplies that you have and not something that, you know, you may need. So choose wisely on what you what project you select. But you can do a science experiment and you can do everything from writing up a lab report on it to conducting the experiment and writing out the conclusion after it. You can do something super fun where you video it and even share those videos with other friends and family, you can issue challenges to say, hey, okay, you know what? This Friday, we are going to try and replicate replicate this cake and invite your friends and family to do it as well. And so then that day, everybody gets up, they bake their cake, and then they have three hours to decorate the cake. And you can either you know, do a Facebook Live and have everybody a live camera showing at the same time, which I think could be super fun. Or you could end up, you know, showing the beginning and then just checking back in with the end product at three o'clock. So that would be a fun afternoon of activities. Clearly you could do that with baking and decorating. You could do that with cooking. Again, the art that we said earlier, you could have a Lego challenge. So you could end up saying, okay, so our deal is we can only use this many bricks and we need to try and build a a bridge that will hold 100 pounds. And so then everybody works feverishly on there. It's always great when you give it a time limit. Um, Everybody works feverishly. And then you check back in, do a live and all connect to see how your bridges came out. There's that Lego Master Challenge or something that that comes on network now. Um, Clearly, we are not building to those scales. At least we don't have the bricks to do that. But for families who are really into Legos and may have it, you could end up doing one of those challenges. So that's a great way to connect with other people virtually while we can't see them and still engage with, with them and have fun during this time where we may be isolated in our homes. I love how you've recommended ways to connect with other people during what is 
going to be a bit of an isolating time. So looking for those opportunities to get creative, to still find ways to connect. And I've got to say, of, of all of your recommendations, Ty, I think the Bob Ross painting activity is my favorite. And I might be doing that one just for fun. <laughs> what about a mom's night out virtually? Right. Where we set up a time, we get our canvas. If you're a wine drinker, grab your wine. If you're a coffee drinker, grab your coffee, your tea, whatever it is. And we spend an hour doing our little painting and just chatting. Right. So then you still get to unwind and connect with other moms. You can also consider doing an in-home couples date night, either with just you as a couple or with a couple of friends and making it like a, you know, double or quadruple date night where you do the same thing and you guys get to interact and engage with each other while having fun over this, this shared experience. I think one of the things that's probably going to be the hardest is honestly having limitations on what we're able to do and the ways that we're able to, um, engage and interact with other people. That's, I feel like what people are going to miss the most right now. So why not use technology to our advantage to help us to still meet those needs of being social, but also um, keeping everyone else around us safe by staying home. So I, what you brought up about date night and having the virtual girls night, I think something that has a lot of people concerned as well is just the lack of me time, the lack of alone time, restorative rest that I think a lot of people envision because of the unknown. You know, they've, they've never been in this situation before in having their kids home 24-7, in having to work, in having to oversee education. You know, what are your recommendations to get that restorative rest time? So one of the most interesting things that I have found is that when I tell my kids to go clean their room or to go and clean the game room, inevitably they will start cleaning. They will find something that they had previously misplaced and be lost for hours while they are supposed to be cleaning up, but that turned into this big playtime. So um, if that ever happens to any of your children, when it's when you are feeling the need for some space, you can say, hey, guys, why don't you go clean your rooms? And, and that can get you some time. I am very frank with my children about everybody's needs and, and trying to get those needs met. And so I will let them know if mom needs some time. So that can look a couple of different ways. Um, if it's just really um, having a bad day or didn't get a good amount of sleep that night, then I might say, hey, guys, bonus time for you. You get an hour of time to do whatever you want to right now. And usually for my kids, that means my older kids are playing league and my younger kids are watching some sort of video on, on Legos do know what your kids would be, what their go-to would be, or give them limits on what it is that they can do. I think it's always great to have a few things in your back pocket, um, just activities that your kids love that maybe they don't get to do on a regular basis. So again, if your kid's really into art and you buy some really special art supplies or this new Lego set that's going to take them 
a couple of solid hours to build, this is a great time to do that. For kids who are not used to being home together all day, I would spend some time discussing what this is going to look like, right? So your children may not be used to being in in this such close proximity to each other and to you for you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for a couple of weeks. So you need to make sure that each child has some alone time that everybody respects. If that's what they need. There are some kids who are going to be all on and say, hey, mom, this is great. I want to be with you all day, you know, um, to which you can say, and I want to be with you so much too, but you know what? Mom needs two hours, um, to to hang out to by myself or to get some work done or to have a meeting, um, however you want to explain it to your child so that they give you the time that you need as well. Do not feel guilty about taking care of yourself because what happens is, is if you do not take care of yourself and you're just giving, giving, giving to your to your family. 24 hours a day, then I know for me, I become really short and the slightest little thing starts to irritate me. And then I start snapping at everybody. And that's not the way that I want to spend this time. Right. So explaining to them why we all need some time alone and what that may look like, I think can, um, just help alleviate some of those unnecessary stresses and pressures. One other thing that I would suggest is have a family meeting. Ask your family, what do you think the state of our family is? What do you like? What do you dislike? What do you think should be different? If you were the parents, what would you do or what wouldn't you do? Spend a little time reflecting on that and think about what could be different in your family in 30 days. So I would say if the kids are saying, well, we don't spend enough time together and you can say, okay, so what does that look like? So maybe we institute a family game night. Maybe we have a family movie night. Maybe we have more interaction and or discussions around dinner time. Maybe you guys help mom cook dinner and clean the kitchen after. So that's done in a shorter amount of time. So we have time to go for a walk as a family after dinner, which I highly recommend doing some sort of physical um, activity and or exercise after dinner will help them um, go to bed a little bit earlier, right? So you go outside, you run it off for for a half an hour or an hour, come back inside, take a bath, start to relax, put on an audio book or some quiet music, and then they start to settle down and you, again, have some time for yourself. I've read a lot of posts and comments about families talking about, oh, we're just going to get rid of bedtimes and let them stay up as late as they want to and let them sleep in as long as they want to. You know your children right? Some kids are going to be able to do that with not a, without a problem. Other kids, the later they stay up, the crankier they get, the more arguing they're going to get into. And you're going to be stressed out and frustrated and they're stressed out and frustrated because they're tired and they don't realize that's why they're acting out. And so then everybody's night is ruined and you don't get a good night's sleep until the next morning. It's kind of cranky. So that would not be my advice. My advice would be to stick to a regular bedtime 
one of the things that we did for a little while with our kids to help them get up earlier is I told them, hey, I need you up for seven o'clock. That's so we can get up, have breakfast, do whatever we needed to do. You can get up as early as six o'clock and you can play video games from six to seven. If your like if your bed is made, you've already brushed your teeth, washed your face, gotten dressed, um, then you have up to an hour to play video games if you want to. That was a great incentive and motivator for my kids to get themselves up in the morning. And so by the time that I got up and I needed them to be ready, and they were already ready. So there are all sorts of little, you know, tips and tools that you can use to incentivize them to do the things that you need them to do without yelling or nagging. And I think that that will be one of the most useful things that you share is, is that it's figuring out what that incentive, what that motivation looks like in order to, you know, encourage them to do what they need to do without it turning into a fight. I love that. So Ty, you have shared so much and I, I really feel that anyone listening should be able to take bits and pieces and take it and run with it and find what works for their family. Before we go, is there anything else that you would like to add that would be especially helpful for those parents who are, you know, looking at the next month ahead and are just, they're feeling anxious, um, what what's your last your parting pieces of advice i would advise you first to take a couple of deep breaths to look at what it is that you want to get accomplished on a few different levels so academically what do you need to get accomplished family-wise what would you like to get accomplished um spiritually what would you like to get accomplished high in the sky goal like what you know again that whole doing an examination of the state of your family right now and saying in 30 days like what where would I like things to be would I like to not be yelling at my kids would I like my kids to get along with each other and find tools to help you accomplish that I would encourage you to keep a gratitude journal to where everybody um ends up you know sharing or writing one to five things that they were appreciative for that day. So that way, when you get to the end of this time, you can go back and use that and say, hey, wait a minute, look at all the things that really happened during this time. So we're looking at more of a, the positive um, spin on what we were able to do, the opportunities that we had um, that, honestly, y'all, when would this ever have happened? When would you have taken 30 days off and and spent with your family like this? It just, most of us would, would not be able to do that, right? So I would certainly look for the, you know, the opportunities that you have to make some changes. That could be that, again, now you all exercise as a family every night after dinner because of this, or you have a family paint night where you get to paint once a week. You create these new routines and habits that you want to cultivate as a family. 
You know, I think you bring up a really great point is that when else would we have this opportunity for such a reset? And I want to share something that a friend of mine posted um, in an Instagram post today, just reflecting on the month ahead of us and all of the changes and uncertainty that's in store. And she said, this could be the break in time that becomes the foundation for the rest of my life. Because they're using this time to, you know, reevaluate family rhythms and routines and get back to the basics of what's most important to their family, what's most important, you know, spiritually, in community, in um, education, and in business. And this is a really unique opportunity that we have as long as like you said, as long as we look at it through a lens of gratitude rather than a perspective of inconvenience. So Ty, before we go, where can the listeners find more about NOLA homeschoolers? And um, is there is there are there any other resources that you would direct them to? Absolutely. So you can visit our website at www.nolahomeschoolers.com. It's homeschoolers with an S. On the website, we actually added a page of online resources. And these are just some websites that I have used over my course of um, educating my kids. It's broken up by subject. It's not separated by age, but definitely by subject. So you can go on there and, and play around with those. And we'll continuously add to those. We also have a Facebook page. So you can find us there. We have a private Facebook group for families who are homeschooling. I would certainly say that for those who are temporarily homeschooling, visit the page. Um, if you start this and you think, hey, you know what? I've, I've always considered homeschooling, but I didn't think I could do it. So maybe now I'll use this time as a test run to see if I think that I can teach my child or if I feel like my child will learn from, from me or if I think I'm organized enough to do this or if this is a better fit for my family. If you want to do a sort of more lasting thing, certainly you can feel free to join our private Facebook group as well. But for those who are doing this temporarily, we'll make sure that we post information that would be helpful to you in our Facebook group and on the website, because I know that not everybody is on Facebook, right? So we'll continue to update that with different websites and links. Most of the things, um, you know, there are tons of, most, hopefully, your schools will end up sharing information on resources that are made available to them, because there are certainly companies out there Elastic, Zoom, um, PBS, BrainTop, who are all offering subscriptions for children who were in school who are now home. So there is a list of those that's been circulating on um, Facebook, and we'll make sure to add that Google file to our website as well. So you can use that as a resource. If you have any questions, if you send a message, either to connect at nolahomeschoolers.com or through Facebook. I get those. So I'm certainly willing to um, answer other questions and we can do this again in a week or two. If there are more things that 
come up that need to be addressed or if this time period gets extended and and we need a new game plan, I am certainly willing to come back and answer more questions. Ty, thank you so much for being so generous with your time and your resources. I will be sure to include that email address, connect at nolahomeschoolers.com, as well as a link to the Facebook group and your website in the show notes for this bonus episode, which can be found at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash homeschool. Um, And with that, Ty, thank you again so much for joining us. I know that everyone is so grateful to you for taking this time out and Um, We will absolutely be in touch if we have more questions for you. So thank you again. You're more than welcome and enjoy your family. Thank you. Yes. And there you have it. The best tips and recommendations from veteran homeschooler and founder of NOLA Homeschoolers, Ty Salvant. For more info about NOLA Homeschoolers and their free resources, head to the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash homeschool. And if you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to share it with a friend and hit the subscribe button to make sure that you never miss a future episode of It's About Time. Thanks again for tuning in. And once again, during this stressful, different time ahead of us, just know that you're not alone. Thanks again for listening. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.